It's time for the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dennis Stuckey and Brady Beaton. All right, that's our cue, Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Dennis and Brady on a uh, Monday and more football to talk about uh, here, Brady, because yeah. the first week one we get games on Thursday, we get games on Friday. So, there yeah. were even games on Saturday that just weren't in our area. Yeah, they're going to – well, did you see uh, East Point? Yeah. It was well, what we thought was, they yeah. were going to be. Yeah, that was – not worth That could have been – but anyway, <laughs> just you, you get to see them Friday, so that's the only reason I mentioned it. But a little bit of a different uh, start of the week show, if you remember from last year. Usually we just kind of set up the week and uh, kind of throw a little few things in there. But today we're going to talk about what? We had a host of games on Friday. Marine City St. Clair, Anchor Bay uh, got a win. You saw Armada play in person. North Branch was on the field. Marlette, Ubley all played along with Peck and uh, New Haven Merritt. So we do have a lot of games to talk about in the first segment. We'll have a new top 10. And in the third segment, Dennis, there's like three or four issues, I guess, or things I want to talk about Okay. to kind of throw a little mix in the end. And uh, you mentioned one before, but yeah. Let's just say our top 10 won't be the most interesting rankings we talk about today. I I don't know because I think mine are completely different. Maybe... Maybe one team stayed where they were. Oh yeah, I completely flipped mine too. But no, it's uh, it's been a football weekend. And real quick, I don't know. I just want to give a shout out here. I don't know. I'm sure you weren't watching the Seahawks preseason game. No. But but my the guy from Wayne State, Darice Roberson, scored scored a touchdown. So be honest, he he's on the outside looking in for a roster spot just because it's hard to make an NFL roster. But he's still better than. 99.9% of football players out there. And when I saw that, I just remember that one time, I think it was my second year, I was playing like scout team linebacker as a defensive end. So already out of position. And I have to go, and the coach shows us the practice card, and it's like, all right, you're in man coverage. And I look, and I'm like, on him. He's like, yeah. And like, he runs a 4 He's like, yeah, cover him. So then obviously I get cooked by 30 yards. The coach runs up to me, and you can tell he just wants to read me the riot act. He goes to yell, and he just goes, you tried your best, and walked away. And I was like, I would have rather you yelled at me. That that hurt worse. You tried your best, son, and you got beat by 30 yards. Yeah. I'm like, I'm a defensive end playing man coverage on a the fastest receiver in the GLIAC. Sue me. Well, I guess that's why he changed his mind about yelling at you. Yeah, because he realized it would have been dumb. And then I see him catching touchdown passes in NFL preseason games, and I feel a little more vindicated for getting absolutely (laughs) toasted. Uh, That's fun stuff. All right, we'll come back and we'll talk some more fun stuff. We'll talk about Friday night's uh, action around the Blue Water area and high school football here on the Get Stuck on Sports Tri-County Equipment Podcast. When you run with us on a Gator UTV, the engine has your full attention, the herd takes notice, and the trail meets its match. Because with effortless four-wheel drive and our smoothest shifting transmission yet, nothing runs like a deer. Search John Deere Gator for more. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's 10 locations in Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carroll, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. 
Marshall E. Campbell Company, located in Port Huron, is a full-line distributor of industrial cutting tools, fluid power, electrical tools, and other electrical supplies, providing utility and contract-based services for more than 100 years. The company has a wide range of products that includes abrasives, automotives, ballast and lamps, boxes and closures, building products, chemicals and lubricants, electrical fittings and equipment, janitorial equipment, wire devices, and tapes and safety products. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located at 2975 Lapeer Road, or call them at 800- 250-7520. Buying or selling a home? You need an experienced company standing ready to help you with all your real estate needs who is committed to making you the client number one. O'Connor Realty hung out its real estate sign in the city of Marysville almost 40 years ago to help the good people of this community buy and sell their homes. O'Connor Realty provides access to free, no obligation home valuation reports prepared by a licensed realtor with no hidden fees. Located at 2801 Gratiot Boulevard, Marysville, give O'Connor Realty a call at 810-364-8700. For all your real estate needs, O'Connor Realty, small enough to know you, large enough to serve you. If your windows stick, <laughs> slip, <laughs> squeak, or leak, replace them with Anderson windows with low E glass, low maintenance exteriors, and rich wood interiors, standard and custom sizes. They can turn simple window replacement into serious home improvement. Ah. Hi, Chip Mortimer here, inviting you to experience the difference at Mortimer Lumber. Our expert staff will be here to help before, during, and after the sale. Stop by Mortimer Lumber, 24th and Lapeer Avenue in Port Huron. Hey guys, Brady Beaton here to let you know that TP Logos is now at their brand new location. Now located at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville, TP Logos has the largest in-stock selection of your team's spirit wear. While the location has changed, the service has not. They still will handle all of your custom screen printing and embroidery needs. Check out tplogos.com to see their vast selection of products, including Badger Sportswear, Nike, North Face, Richardson Hats, Carhartt, and more. Don't wait weeks for your gear. Get it in days with TP Logos. Start strengthening your finances. Transfer your loan to Advia and we'll cut your rate in half. Plus, make zero payments for 90 days. Members who transfer save an average of $3,400. For stronger savings, visit adviacu.org. Advia Credit Union. Real advantages for real people. Not valid on credit card, secure real estate, or commercial loans. Interest accrues at loan disbursement. Estimated 2019 member savings, effective July 1st, 2020. Subject to approval and to change any time. Floor rates and restrictions apply. Equal opportunity lender. DuraClean by Bachelor has been faithfully serving the Blue Water area for over 25 years. Whether you are commercial or residential, if you need carpet cleaning, stain removal, upholstered furniture, drapery, or air duct cleaning, call DuraClean by Bachelor at 810-982-7044 and talk to Mike about their aerated foam process that allows carpet and furniture to dry quickly. From pet stains to odor removal to water damage cleaning and restoration, there's only one call you need to make. DuraClean by Bachelor, 810-982-7044. 44 Duraclean by Bachelor. Magnet International would like to thank the Blue Water area for welcoming us into their community. We are excited to put our roots down in this beautiful, growing area. As the largest auto supplier in North America, we are thrilled to call Blue Water area home and look forward to many, many years in this wonderful community. Our brand new facility is located off of Range Road in St. Clair, Michigan. Magna is a proud sponsor of Blue Water area high school athletics. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports.
All right, welcome back, Dennis and uh, Brady, and uh, let's begin at the beginning, which would be uh, Marine City St. Clair. That was the big game on Friday night, the battle for the uh, Bell, a game that uh, I, I don't, I don't know that I'm surprised about the outcome. I, here, I think Marine City is that good. Yeah, here. All right, so. Go ahead, finish your thoughts, and then I'll go into it. Because I had a lot of thoughts, and Dennis, I mean, we talked my entire drive home after this game because there's a lot to unpack. So give me your thoughts, and then I'll go into mine. Again, did I think St. Clair could be more competitive in this game? Maybe, but I also, there was always in the back of my mind that Marine City is that good. And there's a reason that they go at least to the regional every year. Um, and it's because this is what they do to teams. Uh, they win games 43-12, to 12, uh, especially at East China Stadium, especially in the opener. It's going to be a lot of emotion. And they're, they're, they just get so many good players that, so you know, I the size thing is a thing if you use it. And we'll get to that uh, when we talk about Armada. Yeah, and we can talk. I mean, go ahead, finish up anything. No, I, I mean, I'm just, uh, I'm, I, I thought, was there a chance St. Clair could make this a close game if they did everything perfect? Um, but did, did, am I surprised that Marine City won? No, I picked them to win. Am I surprised that they won by uh, 31 points? Actually, no. All right. Um, do you want me to go from Marine City or St. Clair's perspective first? Where do you uh, want you, me to You start? saw the game, so take me where you want to go. All right, let's start with Marine City because I think that one will be the quicker one. All right, let's go through. One, Jeff Heslop is the calmest quarterback in the area. He had a play where he fumbled a snap, and most quarterbacks, at best-case scenario, would have thrown it, were thrown it away or taken a sack. Or worst case, it's St. Clair's ball. He somehow found a Charles Tigert that was, Dennis, I'm not kidding you, had a 15-yard radius around him of nobody. Like, I don't know if the St. Clair DBs blew a coverage or if they saw the fumbled snap and they, like, got their eyes off the ball, but he could have underhanded it and Tigert caught it and then it was the, it's, it'll be the easiest touchdown, 74-yard touchdown that you'll ever see this year. Um, speaking of Charles Tigert, nine carries, 148 yards, two catches, 89 yards, and the, the touchdown I mentioned, 74 of them coming on the one play. But I thought he was m almost more impressive defensively. He's in that hybrid DB outside linebacker. Every program seemingly has a, uh, has a different name for it. And he was all around the field it it can't be understated how much and they're using him that at least in game one they're not doing this thing where they're just going to use him as needed no he did not come off the field he ended up with six tackles um and probably was in on more and defensively in, in coverage played really well Wyatt Walker is another guy that they used all the time Defensively, again, he did what he does. I believe he ended up with, uh, let me double check here, but I thought it was like 11 tackles is what he ended with. I'll have to, 
have to uh, eight t- total tackles um, on the game, but he was flying around the field. He also scored three touchdowns. He had two rushing. One where he the, the the Marine City offense completely faked me out. I was looking on the outside. Next thing I know, I see Wyatt Walker falling into the end zone. <laughs> I was like, all right, well there there was one. Another one legitimately had four or five guys on him and just kept running and had like a 12-yard score, and then he caught one in the flat and, and took it in from there. So he's been another guy that he was very limited use offensively. Like he might get one on, an, on a good night, two touches offensively. He's a dude this year, at least in week one. They weren't pulling any punches. Marine City's good. Their defense flies around. And here's the thing. Here's the stat I gave you. They rushed 35 times in the game, right? There wasn't a single back that had touched the ball 10 times. That's what they do, though. And, and that's why, like, at the end of the year when you're looking at the leaderboard for rushing and receiving and, and, and all of that, you don't find any Mariners out there with I mean, big numbers. If you want to count the just two. Just because they don't overuse it. If you want to count the two catches Tiger has, he had 11 touches on the game. But that also includes another nine pass attempts. So that that's what I like about them. They 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 spread it out. Zach Tetler, I thought, had a quietly a uh, good game. He had six uh, touches for 34 yards. It would have been 43, but he had one where he just kept trying to bounce out, lost nine. He also had a couple catches. He's that that other piece that he will hit a big home run play. Every once in a while, um, but no, they, they spread it out. Rafino had a few cut touches. Listen, I love Marine City. I love their coaching staff. I love a lot of their players. The people there are great to me. For, my, for what we do, they have the worst uniforms on the planet. <laughs> the worst. And you know why? Because Charles Tigert's number four Anthony Rafino's no, or Charles Tiger's number one. Anthony Rafino's number four. Scott Crutchmeyer's number seven. You know who was in the backfield a lot together? Tiger, Rafino, Crutchmeyer. I was guessing a lot, and yeah, the ones, be, fours, and sevens. The numbers all look the same. Look yeah. the same. Listen, and those guys are all built the same. So yes, they look like three three triplets in the backfield, all with the same number. Yeah. And it's, it's hard to read. Maybe that's intentional. So when you're scouting, you're like, oh, the other really fast back got it. But, yeah, that's my one complaint. Give, give at least one of them a double-digit number. I, I, need, <laughs> I need a number change before, before week three when I go back there. Anyway, that's about all I had to say about Marine City. I mean, I'm sure Parker Atkinson was out there a little bit on both sides of the ball. He's going to be making plays again. I can go through Daniel Zwang, a defensive lineman that we haven't really talked about a whole lot. Had a few nice tackles. I believe he had one or two TFLs. Yeah, let's see. I think they credited him for one TFL. He might have had uh, a couple. But anyway, now to St. Clair. They were disappointing in this because uh, it felt like Marine City like you said with the Marysville game, was in like week seven and St. Clair was in week one. And it kind of reminded me of when Marine City played Fitz last year. St. Clair only ran a handful of plays. And 
you can't do that against Marine City because their biggest strength above all else is how prepared they are and how well they scout. And especially when you give them an entire camp to do it, you got to have some curveballs. And it really didn't seem like St. Clair had a whole lot. I mean, their offensive line, yes, is big. But rarely did they just try to march down the field going four or five yards a carry. Luke Ellis carried it 21 times. And the way he runs, I'm not. it's not a bad thing how he runs. We love it. But as a coach, you kind of have to say, save him from himself sometimes. I get it's a big game and, and you got to make it work. But it was a little disheartening how it seemed like basic their offense was and how I I thought they could have played to their strengths a little more Ethan White was a very nice player offensively he got seven touches he had seven yards of carry went 49 yards Luke Ellis ended up with uh 86 total on 21 carries but I think St. Clair's best player was Brendan Cole he was the shining star he had uh 12 tackles three TFLs an interception, he had like a 33-yard reception on third and 30. When's the last time you saw that get converted? <laughs> Especially uh, against like a team like Marine City. Yeah, he ended up with three catches for 40, or two catches for 48 yards. He was an incredible player for the Saints. He kept them in that game early on. But ah, it was, I was expecting a little more. I thought Marine City would win. I'll be honest, I didn't think I'd get running time in this game. I thought it was going to be a 31-12 kind of game where Marine City always had them at an arm's length. Like, where you're like, well, St. Clair, if they can just do this and get a stop, they're right. They have a chance to tie it. But they just kind of kept them away. No, it was it was all Marine City. I think they scored on their first four possessions. Uh, and St. Clair went for it on their first drive on fourth and one or two and got stuffed. Yeah, I was very disheartened by the Saints, and now I'm really curious to see what they do this week against Lakeshore. All right, uh, but uh, again, I look at it, and having not seen the, the game and just hearing what your thoughts on it, uh, again, Marine City's Marine City, and everybody else is still trying to catch them. Right, so then it becomes the question was, okay, did Marine City just make St. Clair look like that, and... If, if if it's another team, they look a lot different. Or did St. Clair underperform? That's the big question. And their game against Lakeshore, I think, is going to tell a lot. Because that's a game that before the season, we said if they want to be a playoff team, that's a win they need to get. Yeah, And I still think they can do that. But I'm going to need to see that next step here. Yeah. Well, again, like like I said, I think on, uh, on Friday or – Thursday night when we uh, did the the recap of the, of the first games of, of the week. Did we really get all the answers we were looking for, or do I have more questions now after I've seen week one? I will say it was nice to see Marine City kind of not hold back and see what they're capable of. And they made mistakes. I think they had uh, they had the one interception. I don't think they had uh, – they might have had a fumble too. So they had a couple – yeah, they had a couple turnovers. They didn't set their punt unit on to like the final minute of the game. Marine City is what we thought they could be, 
And yeah. Yeah, they're going to uh, be a problem in the Max Silver. And that might be something we can talk about later is because they might not have a test for eight weeks. And, and again, just in ta- I haven't talked ad nauseum with anybody about it, but mm. just uh, a, a few people have poked me and said they're going to beat Notre Dame prep. Yeah, and, and again, it, we don't know how good Notre Dame prep is. I actually didn't check to see what they did uh, in week one, but they that might be the biggest issue is they're not going to have a close game in the fourth quarter this season. Especially, well, Fitz did put up a ton of points, but that still remains to be seen because who'd they do it against Cousineau? Yeah, the 64 to 6. Yeah, jeez. Yeah. So maybe maybe Fitz, uh, the um, reports of Fitz's demise have been greatly exaggerated. But, <laughs> well, but, or, or Cousineau is as bad as they have been for a couple of years now. Yeah. So, Combination of both. All right, I think that's about it on this game. I mean, Marine City's really good, and – I, I feel bad when a team like Marine City shows up because it's like, yep, they're good. like, And we just kind of move on because it's expected. Yeah. But they have like 20 really nice players, and I want to give them some um, some rap. So hopefully in, in the weeks coming, I'll, I'll they'll get their, their due. But anyway, you saw a game on Friday, and – would you say you were a little surprised by how one-sided that game was? No, actually, I, I wasn't. Look, I, I got to the field, and uh, and Armada and Clausen were out there, and I'm like, oh, my goodness, this could get ugly because Armada is just so much bigger than Clausen. But I, I'm like, how are they going to use it to their advantage? Mm-hmm. They used it to their advantage. They didn't mess around here. Armada ran the ball down Clausen's throat, between the tackles. They were bigger. They took advantage of it. They said, we can push them around on offense. Our offensive line can push them down the field, and our runners can run behind it, and that's exactly what they did. Uh, And on defense, our defensive line can get into the backfield and blow up plays and stop them, and that's exactly what they did. Armada went to their strength, and they jammed their strength right down Clawson's throat, and there wasn't (laughs) anything that Clawson could do about it. Kyle Conan... Had 26 carries in this game, Brady. He only played two and a half quarters. Jeez. There was at one point in the first quarter where I thought, this guy might get 50 carries tonight. It was Conan left, Conan right, Conan up the middle. Conan left, Conan right, Conan up the middle. Conan left, Conan right, Conan up the middle, touchdown. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. And I know that's (laughs) something we talked about is, don't get too cute. Like, sometimes the simple thing will work, and Armada did the simple thing. He showed me the stats. He averaged almost seven yards a carry. 26 carries, 176 yards, and three touchdowns in two and a half quarters. Then they brought in uh, his backup, <laughs> right. uh, Vincent uh, Fodale. 13 carries, 138 yards, two touchdowns, and he had one of their two interceptions on uh, defense, Max Dykes had the uh, other one. I like this. Max Dykes had an interception. He ran it back to the one and got stopped. So on first and goal from the one, they put him in the backfield and they let him get the <laughs> touchdown. Uh, one of two on the game for him. They uh, they have some speed in the backfield. They have power in the backfield, and they were big up front. Clawson couldn't handle it. I don't know how, like, when they get into – 
BWAC play, the, how they're going to match up against a Crosslex, how they're going to match up against a Richmond or whatever. But I'm going to tell you what, if there are other small teams in the BWAC, Armada is going to attack them and probably beat them. Yeah, so I guess um, using what you saw with Armada and the weekend as a whole, I know they have a lot more to prove, but I don't think we can definitively definitively say right now who the bottom teams in the BWAC are. Like, I'm going to say the top spot is probably about three teams right now. I'm going to keep North Branch because they, they decimated Redford Thurston. We'll talk about that in a second. North Branch, Richmond, and Croslex seem to be who we're going for because Richmond was very impressive in their week one because I got to see it in person, and they have a lot of dudes out there, and I didn't get to see other teams. But who's going to be that the, the, the other team that kind of rises up and potentially beats some of those teams because you know it's going to happen at some point? Yeah, and I'm not uh, giving up. I know Emily City and Elmont had a rough first week, but I'm not completely giving up on them either. Elmont they played more, really good teams. Yeah, Elmont especially. Um, so who's going to be that, that team? And I'd say that that second tier of BWAC teams, you could have five teams that just beat up on each other and you could have a good team end up with like a three and six record just cause they had the ball not break their way. Cause with Yale and Algonac getting wins, no, I'm not crowning them saying they're, they're going to be a 500, a playoff team. But I'm going to say they're, they're not going to get embarrassed week in and week out like they did a year ago when they were giving up 60 some points a game. I, I, yeah, I'm uh, again, did I get all my answers in week one? I don't know. I think I ended up getting more questions than anything else. Cause I don't know how much stock to put in it. Armada crushed Clawson, but they should have crushed Clawson. Yeah. So but- I give them credit for that, but, but will this be effective? Will they be able to run the ball down somebody's but here's mouth what the scores, when it's guys their same size or bigger But here's them? what the scores of those games have been in the past. So they didn't play last year. 2019, they won 20-13. to 13. In 2018, they lost 34 to nothing. In 2017, they won 16 to nothing. In 2016, they lost 28 to 7. In 2015, they lost 35-34. In 2014, it was 41-14. That's, going, that's as long as they've opened with them. So that's a team that they've gone back and forth with and rarely has it been a blowout. So yeah, that tells me that they're probably at a minimum going to be competing for 500 this year and maybe a playoff spot, which they haven't actually had in a full season since 2004. North Branch. They beat Redford Thurston 42 to nothing. How do you gauge this? It's... The best res- obviously the best result possible because, I mean, they, they did what we were hoping they would do. Redford Thurston's a team you go back, look over, year over year. Outside of last year, they usually win more games than they lose. And since like 2008, they've missed the playoffs three times. So they're a program that historically has success, might be in a little bit of a down period. Um... It's what they were supposed to do, or we were hoping they would do. So we know they they still have the ability to put put up points, and we know they still have an ability to shut out a team. Again, I have no idea what Redford Thurston is. They're they're a Class A school. They're a Division II school. 
So that's a nice win for North Branch. If nothing else, does it not build up the confidence of your team to give you a little a little boost and a uh, a uh, confidence going into your your big week two game against Cross Lex? I mean, I don't want to say anything more. I mean, we weren't able to get stats on this game, but yeah, I'm seeing if I can grab something now. It looks like North Branch had 35 points in the second quarter. So it wasn't like they put them up in garbage time and it was 21 nothing, and then the wheels fell off. It was still in the first half when both teams' best were playing and, and, and they did that. I'm Again, so that tells me there's not maybe as big as a fall-off as you thought, but the big test is going to be next week. They have to go to Cross-Lex, a place where you know they're pissed off. You know they, they aren't happy with their week one loss to Williamston, and especially by multiple scores. They turned the ball over four times. Overall, a disappointing performance, and I don't think anyone up there would say anything differently. Um, so, yeah, they're going to get ready for, for a brawl, and they're coming in feeling, feeling good, feeling confident. So, yeah. I mean, there's not much else to say. I haven't been very articulate with this. But North Branch is a team that needed a big win to start, and they got exactly what they needed. Yeah. Um, and, and, again, I just – I wish I could find some, some numbers here and, and see who did the damage. Right. Kind of get a, a gauge on, on who's who. And normally North Branch has a really good site with stats, but there doesn't seem to be anything there right now. But here's the thing. They get Croslex. In week two, they opened the BWAC with their biggest rival, I think, right now mm-hmm. in, in Crosslex. Both teams have something they want to prove here. Obviously, the Pioneers aren't happy with the week one outcome. There's been a lot of hype around them. I still am, at least for now, coveting them as one of our top teams in the area in spite of what happened in week one because I know Williamston is good. Right. I think there's and a lot of teams that, I mean – a lot of teams would struggle against Williamston. And, again, the thing you said, I think, on our last show, what if Cross-Lex played Thurston and North Branch played Williamston? Yeah. What, would, what would we be saying then? So it's a one-game sample size. It's hard to hard to figure all that out. So, okay, I mean, we can't get anything else from North Branch. Um, anything else on the Broncos? No, that's uh... – yeah, I wasn't able to find so, any additional information. So, so you thought uh, Cross-Lex had the turnover bug bad? Oh, Marlette, seeming like a game they gave away. Six turnovers, and not only that, three of them went to the house. They lose 43-27 to Reese. Uh, Marlette's a team that, you know, talking to Mike Gallagher, he was a little hopeful for. Could could be an up year for the Raiders, and that's a very tough way to start your season with six turnovers and your offense giving up 21 points. I know it's easy to say, but that's the difference. You but, lost by 16. Yeah, but but again, they're in an, an offense. They kind of change things up. They call it the air raid offense. They're throwing the ball a, a lot. Uh, Jason uh, Tenbush put up 27 attempts. That's a lot in high school. It is. Uh, especially for a team up in the thumb that plays in the GTC East. Not a lot of games up there, you know, where you're throwing the ball 27 
time. So uh, 10 Bush, 14 to 27, 203 yards. He did throw four touchdown passes. So maybe you hope that the turnover thing is something that they get over. Maybe this is week one in the new offense. They made some bad reads. They made some mistakes, you know, uh, and maybe this is something that they can can clean up because it looks like they have some weapons. Grant Roberson, eight catches, 160 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, there, and, there, and there's another Roberson. Maybe, maybe he's related. <laughs> yeah, I doubt uh, it. Um, and, and you had um, Travis Fuller, six catches, 63 yards, and a touchdown. Plus, he rushed for 102 yards on 14 carries. So, yeah, and, all, and mean, all three defensive touchdowns were pick sixes. Yeah, so I, I'm, I'm wondering maybe the, the line – Need needs some work that's to, some, to to pass protect, and maybe he's rushed, or maybe he underthrew some. That's is this stuff that you can with. work out, right? And I'm assuming so because again, you're asking, like you said, you're asking a high school kid to throw it 27 times. That's a lot. We'll see what what they can uh, pull off in week two because that's a game that yeah, you give up six turnovers and you only lose by 16 points. You're thinking you lose that game by like 40. So, but so uh, that, yeah, the, the six turnovers, that's a problem. That's a big problem. But you also like that they did have some success doing some of these things. And, again, week one, well, and maybe they can work this out and, and get better at well, it. Well, here's the thing. They don't have time to work it out. Sandusky this coming week, Ubley next week. Then their, their, their schedule gets a lot easier, but – they could be 0-3 and, and maybe not be that bad. Well, th- this is going to be interesting. This Sandusky game is interesting because you're, the, you know, last year this was a slam dunk for me. Sandusky's going to win that football game. Yeah. Is it a slam dunk this year? Sandusky is. They played Novell tough. Yeah. And Novell is usually a pretty good team. Yep. So who knows? No clue, but. Uh, and then the th- week three, we mentioned they played Ubley. They beat Unionville Seabwing 32-22. That's a really nice win for the Bearcats to get their season on a uh, on started off on a strong. I'm play. very happy here because I did not have a good week. I really didn't. Six and four is unacceptable. We fired the coaching staff, uh, all the scouts, yeah. the general manager. <laughs> we played several players on waivers. Six and four, not an acceptable. Is that your week. worst week ever? Yeah, I think it is actually. So, well, I think I went eight. I look back, I, I went eight and two in week one last year and was really pleased about that mm-hmm. because week one to me is the toughest week to pick of the season. And it sure was for me this year. Yeah. Like I had to go three and oh on Friday to secure a winning record this week. Um, and I was a little nervous whether or not to get there. But I remember saying, give me Evan Peruski. Mm-hmm. And I'm taking Ubley. Evan Peruski rushed for three touchdowns and threw a touchdown pass in the win. Yeah, that that's nice. That's a nice night for. Was he now a sophomore? Wasn't he? A, was he, he a freshman? He, last? Yeah, he he was either a, a freshman or a sophomore not a senior. Last year. I know, not that. a senior, and he's not a senior this year. Yeah. Which, by the way, so do you want to give the final tally for the picks now, or do you want to open the next segment with that, or? Well, let's uh, do real, oh, yeah, we real got quick. Man. Let's do these two uh, eight-man games. Peck beat Akron Fairgrove, 44-16. Caleb Lentner, hockey player, uh, four, uh, 11 carries for 172 yards. Pretty good average. That one. That's a pretty good average. Uh, Dylan Rosenthal, who I believe is the quarterback, 13 carries, 111 yards uh, for him Another in the win good for average. Peck. 
Uh, and the Peck coach seemed pretty excited about that. When it is, There's some things that they have to clean up. He thought, too, that the heat affected both teams mm-hmm. on, on Friday. Uh, and Kingston did what Kingston's been doing the last few years, and they beat up on New Haven Merritt 52-8. to uh, eight. But uh, overall, uh, Brady and Bill, you guys tied. Yep. You didn't all pick the same games no. either. Um, Bill, of course, is the only one to pick Northern. Yep. Uh, and I'm, I was trying to think the game that you got Mooney back on him. It wasn't. Yeah, it was Mooney. It was Mo- I was. I was the only believer in in the uh, in the Cardinals. So I think that'll change because that's a very nice win for Cardinal Mooney, and they didn't have to squeak it out either. They yeah. dominated. So Brady and Bill both went seven and three this week, and uh, I slipped to the back at six and four. But I'm very confident, especially after all the changes I made. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're not going to – I think week two is going to have another tough slate of games. I mean, it's not going to be as tough as week one, but I'm not going to feel confident with a lot of picks. Well, I season. still haven't gotten everything Again, sorted out. more yet. questions than answers. Yeah. Um, just uh, real quick, so, some big performances. Uh, of course, uh, you did the game – in Richmond and uh, Denny Saligan, uh, they ended up sending us a correction. Uh, so 11 carries, 312 yards, four touchdowns. Five, should have been five because he was in. Like I like Jackson Jones, nice player. You vultured a touchdown from your from your teammate in Saligan, but yeah, buy uh, Richmond stock because they are good. Denny Saligan is fast. Uh, at CPS, they lost this week, but they were really excited about the mm. way they played. Which they uh, should be. Trenton Mitchell, 22 carries, 224 yards, and three touchdowns uh, in a uh, six-point loss at Bay City All Saints. Uh, and then the uh, other uh, big uh, rushing uh, performances were Conan for Armada with 176 yards and three touchdowns, and Caleb Lentner with 172 yards. In all, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten guys that we know about went yeah. over 100 yards rushing. Yeah, Tiger had that week had, had a nice game. Uh, Luke Ellis was just short of it. Um, and uh, and catching the ball, you had Grant Robertson eight catches, 160 yards, three touchdowns. Sage Slanick, mm-hmm. eight catches for 164 Which and a lost. touchdown in that Williamston game because yeah. they lost. But he's going to be an issue. And also, I'm sure someone from North Branch went over 100 yards. Yeah. And uh, and CPS, Nick Lewis, six catches, 123 yards, and a touchdown. All right. So next, we're going to kind of just talk about the slate of games coming this week, talk about where we'll be. And we have our new top 10, which I think will be very new. A lot of movement here early in the season because – you're kind of guessing in the preseason, if we're being honest. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm guessing after week one, but uh, mine is probably completely different. Uh, in fact, I'm not even going to look back to see what I had for the preseason one because this is probably, uh, other than one team, this is completely different. When you run with us on a Gator UTV, the engine has your full attention. The herd takes notice. And the trail meets its match. Because with effortless four-wheel drive and our smoothest shifting transmission yet, nothing runs like a deer. Search John Deere Gator for more. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's 10 locations in Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carroll, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky. Or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. 
Marshall E. Campbell Company, located in Port Huron, is a full-line distributor of industrial cutting tools, fluid power, electrical tools, and other electrical supplies, providing utility and contract-based services for more than 100 years. The company has a wide range of products that includes abrasives, automotives, ballast and lamps, boxes and closures, building products, chemicals and lubricants, electrical fittings and equipment, janitorial equipment, wire devices, and tapes and safety products. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located at 2975 Lapeer Road, or call them at 800 250-7520. Neiman's Family Market, located in St. Clair, is family-owned and operated and involved in the community. Neiman's has created a shopping experience providing a variety of quality products, specialty items, with superior customer service. Whatever your grocery needs are, from meats, bulk food, bakery items, produce, or even floral, Neiman's Family Market has what you will need. Entertaining? Neiman's has a full deli, and they do party trays. Check out our new mobile website and see weekly specials, coupons, and recipes. Open 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. all week long. Visit Neiman's Family Market in St. Clair. You'll be glad you did. Do you have the right financial advisor to help you reach your goals? Ameriprise Advisors can create a personalized, goal-based plan to help you prepare for whatever life brings so you can feel more confident about your financial future. Call Ameriprise Financial Advisor Dave Betts today at 810-987-5370. That's 810-987-5370. Office is located at 527 Huron Avenue, Port Huron, Michigan. Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC. Member FINRA and SIPC. Start strengthening your finances. Transfer your loan to Advia and we'll cut your rate in half. Plus, make zero payments for 90 days. Members who transfer save an average of $3,400. For stronger savings, visit adviacu.org. Advia Credit Union, real advantages for real people. Not valid on credit card, secure real estate, or commercial loans. Interest accrues at loan disbursement. Estimated 2019 member savings, effective July 1st, 2020. Subject to approval and to change any time. Floor rates and restrictions apply. Equal opportunity lender. Having car trouble? Look no further than Marysville Goodyear. Located at 291 Range Road, Marysville Goodyear will take care of all your automotive needs. They know that just one visit to them will make you a customer for life. Whether it's a tune-up or tire rotation, consistency is the name of the game for the folks at Marysville Goodyear. Need tires? Marysville Goodyear is a certified dealer of Goodyear, Dunlop, and Kelly tires, and they stock tires for cars, trucks, SUVs, and more. Give them a call today at 810-364-4700. Marysville Goodyear, where your satisfaction is our guarantee. Looking for that perfect first vehicle for your kid's Sweet 16? Maybe you just want a quality vehicle at a fair price. Whatever your needs are, Jepson Car Company will take care of you. Located at 5277 Gratiot Avenue in St. Clair, Jepson has a wide variety of pre-owned vehicles that can fit your budget. With a great selection for first-time car buyers, check out their website at jepsoncarco.com. That's J-E-P-S-O-N carco.com. Or give them a call at 810-662-3048 to find the perfect ride. We welcome you to make Port Huron Schools your district of choice. Your child will experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region at Port Huron Schools. We specialize in providing personalized success for all students because each Port Huron Schools journey is unique and special. This year, more than ever, we truly appreciate our families and would like to thank them for their continued support. Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. Looking for a new career? Magna International could be the place for you. Located in St. Clair off Range Road, 
Magna was named one of Forbes 2020 World's Best Employers. Magna is currently hiring a multitude of physicians and offers a great work environment with competitive pay. Wages start $17 and up. Apply for jobs at magna.com forward slash careers. Again, magna.com forward slash careers. Get a fresh start with Magna International today. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. Uh, I wanted to throw in Anchor Bay went to Ann Arbor Pioneer, won 37-14. Yes. And their reward is they get to play their home opener this week against Dakota. Have fun. (laughs) Have fun. That'll tell you a lot, though. Coming off a loss against uh, Brother Ice, so have fun with that. Anyway, speaking of games this week, Dennis, where are we starting with this week's slate of games? Let's start in the uh, MAC uh, Blue, and I'll actually see both of these games. But on Thursday, PH has got Warren Woods uh, Tower uh, at the stadium. PH was tight with Stony Creek for a half on Thursday, and then it got away from them in the second half. But this is a chance to to get home and to uh, try to uh, get back on uh, track here before you have to get into your league play. But here's the thing. Warren Woods Tower's coming off basically the same thing that PH is. They played Zealand East. That's a really good program to open up with. They lost 45-14. Portier and High lost 48-17. It doesn't really tell me a lot. I think the Big Reds are should be favored, but these, these might be two very similar teams. Yeah, uh, I just, again, you you think in the, the blue that PH overall is going to be playing against tougher teams. That should be, although the difference between the, top the, the, of the, the blue and the gold right now. Well, the top of the gold. Yeah, it, it isn't maybe all that big of a difference no, I as mean, it normally is. All right, let me put it this way. Roseville's in the blue. They're the favorite. If Roseville flip, yeah, flip if, them with if, any team in the if blue. Rose, if Roseville's in the – I'm trying to figure out why Roseville's in the gold. Yeah, because they didn't have that <laughs> many bad seasons. Like, they weren't like 0-18 or anything. But anyway. Because that's the one that doesn't – to me, Roseville should be in the blue and Lakeshore should be in the gold. But yeah. it's the other way around. Yeah. But if you flip those two teams, Roseville's the favorite in the blue. Uh, this is not going to be an easy game for the Big Reds. Uh, Tower has, has speed – um, I think they had, what, two, Folsom said two D1 yeah. athletes on their team. Um, but, yeah, they're just coming off a game against Zeeland East. That's a tough one. That is a tough one. And uh, talk about the Huskies, and I would imagine they're going to continue their winning ways. Well, I, I don't see East Point giving Northern any difficulties. Uh, Northern was not perfect, but pretty darn close against Marysville. I mean, I'm not – again, I didn't mince words the other day. I'm not going to mince words. They dominated. Yeah. So – Yeah, 35 nothing is domination. How close did Marysville even get to the end zone? They, they had one chance to score in the whole game, a pass play, and they, they missed it. Either the pass was off or the guy didn't see the pass. Right. Couldn't really figure it out from my angle. 
But other than that, they, they really didn't have a sniff. There wasn't really a threat. That Northern defense, I think, is legit. Uh, and the Northern offense probably isn't going to slow down against East Point. Right. So, yeah, East Point, they're going to they're gonna be 2-0 and going into Mac Blue play unless something completely unexpected happens. Well, the, they, they'd have to get a rash of injuries or suspensions uh, to not beat East, or Point, East Point, in my opinion. Or East Point went out and got a few free agents. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, I think they need more than a few. On the other side of that matchup, Marysville looks to get on track against Centerline. Centerline actually 1-0. They beat uh, Detroit Voyager 13-12. to what does that tell you? Not a whole heck of a lot. I don't think Voyager is a powerhouse. I don't think Centerline is a powerhouse. I hope Marysville was just an apparition Hopefully. last week because if they're going to play like that every week, it's going to be a long year, and I don't think Derek Meyer is going to tolerate that. No, no, I don't think so either. And this is a, ga- a game that they need to win to get back on track because Marina City's looming in, in another week. So this is a, a win they need. Otherwise, they're staring down the barrel of an 0-3 start. And with their size of their schedule, that's basically asking to run the table to make the playoffs. Yeah, and uh, you, you've got Marine City, in, again, in a game that, that I think they're going to uh, win uh, against uh, Southlake. Did you see the score of the Southlake game? Uh, Did was you that see what the happened? 51-36 no, game, or what no. was the Southlake game? Oh, Southlake South lost in double overtime. Yeah, they played Lutheran North, and at the end of regulation, it was 0-0, which is weird because usually isn't usually Southlake the team that can put up 1,000 points, but they give up 1,500. Yeah, there, there was a 36-51 game, and I thought that probably was the Southlake game, and then I remember no, it was no, Lakeshore. they had the, uh, the low-scoring double yeah. overtime game. Yeah, so – who knows what Southlake's defense is, um, but they, they fell in double overtime to Lutheran North, which once you get to overtime, it's such a crapshoot. It's four plays from the 10 and in. Um, no offense to Lutheran North, but they're not Marine City's no. offense. I expect Marine City to roll and roll often. Um, and St. Clair, the game that you did mention, uh, 51-36 lost to Ypsilanti Lincoln. Uh, the rail splitters. The rail splitters, yeah, who I, who I think are a, a solid program. Uh, they're maybe not as great as you think. Their last winning season was 2017. Really? Yeah, yeah. So not as uh, good as you might think. I, I do think they play some somewhat tough teams, but Lakeshore lost that game again. If St. Clair wants to win this week, they need they need this Lakeshore game. Um, all right, time to go to the BWAC. Which, by the way, you'll be. You mentioned you're at both Port here on High and Northern on Thursday and Friday, respectively. Yep. All right. Where do you want to start in the BWAC? You want to start? Well, let's up just in start at the, the the top. No, let's just start in alphabetical order here. All right. Uh, Algonac and Armada. Which you had to make me think for a second because Algonac, Armada, and Almada are all in there. So I had to do some quick uh, some quick brain work to figure out who was actually the first one alphabetically. It's Algonac, it Almada, Armada. Yes. The three um, A's, the yeah. triple A's. Which Algonac and Armada play. This They're is, both coming off wins. Right. This is a game that maybe it won't end up being a good game, but it's going to be the first one of the first games I look for the result of because Armada dominated. 
But Algonac, they beat Lincoln comfortably. And when was the last time Algonac has won a game comfortably like that? You have to go back to their last 10-win season to see a game they won by double digits comfortably. I mean, they beat Yale 19-6 to last year, but I think they had a late score to put it ahead. I don't know how good Algonac will be, but again, they I don't think they'll be embarrassed. I th- I don't I think Armada is the favorite because like you said they are big and I don't know what kind of size Algonac has, but it's this is going to be a very telling game I think to see how the hierarchy of the BWAC sh- shakes up. Uh, it, it's interesting because the Algonac defense gives up six points. We know Lincoln likes to throw the ball. Mm-hmm. I don't know what kind of a running attack Lincoln has. I know Armada is going to run the ball. They're going to pound the rock. So they're going to see a different kind of team this week. It'll, it'll be very interesting uh, to to see which was the real result. Yeah. Or the more real result. And here's one that I think we'll see what the more real result is. Yale plays Almont. Two teams coming off of very different performances. Two programs that have been in very different spots. Ah, this one could be tricky because it's at Yale. This this is a chance for Yale to make an early statement. Okay? You got a uh, new coach in, in Grunman. Uh, they got off to a great start with a 28-8 win in week one where they gave up a touchdown, what, on the first play? Yes. They uh, double pass, beat them. They're down eight nothing, and then they come back and and win the game twenty eight to eight. If you can go out, and I I don't know what Almont is. I'm just hearing that Almont is young. Almont is young. If you can get Almont at home, I would call that at this stage of the year a quality win. Yes, and maybe Yale is back on the map as a, a team that that you know isn't a bottom feeder anymore in the BWAC, uh, that they're, they're, well, again, they're it, getting back on track. If you look track. at Yale over the last 10 years, the last two years have been rough, but most of the 2010s, they were four to six wins. Like, they were a 500 football team. So the last two years have kind of been the exception and not the rule. But if you want to get back on the map, this is a game that you yes. go out and, and grab and – and it's a statement win of, hey, Yale's back. Yeah. Um, for Elmont, if they go out and they win this game and they roll, you just go, oh, okay, Elmont's Elmont. Yeah. And, you know, they were just Monroe they were on the good. road at Monroe-St. Monroe Mary's playing a powerhouse in the state. Yeah. And then, obviously, Cross-Lex taking on North Branch. I'll be there Friday night. That's going to be another. The whole BWAC's an interesting set of games. I think you can really find out a lot um, by it. What's more there to say about Croslex North Branch? Going to be a huge game. I think. I don't think there will be a lot of uh, hugging before and after the game. No, uh, these two teams don't like each other. This is an important game for both teams. Um, North Branch wants to uh, to prove. Certainly, they want to prove me wrong about them because um, I, I still don't know what to make of, of North Branch um, and how good they actually are going to be this year. Um, and, but it, they go to Croslex, all of a sudden, 
my entire philosophy on the BWAC changes if North Branch goes to Crosslex and wins this football yeah. game. Yeah, and, I mean, there are two teams that are coming off of very different games. But, again, I think the opponents are a lot different. Trust me, I'm sure uh, sure LeGro has written down everything we said <laughs> from last <laughs> show after that disappointing performance. And they're going to want to tell the BWAC, hey, it was a week one stumble. Don't worry. We're what we say we are. And that's kind of where I'm at with them right now. It's like I'm not really worried about the fact that they lost that game. Um, the, the, but you don't beat North Branch, and all of a sudden I have to sway my opinion. Yes. I have he, to change what I'm thinking about these two football teams mm-hmm. as to who's chasing who. Exactly. And then the last game, another game I'll be at, Richmond goes to Spartan land to take on an MLA city team railing or reeling from a loss to Duran. I am. It took one game. I'm big on the blue devil bandwagon. I think they will be a top two or three team in the BWAC. If not competing for that title, because they have team speed. And you know, Dennis, when we talked about like with Northern and Mary's who you weren't sure how many answers you'll get, but you can see what kids look like. There's a lot of kids on Richmond. I look and I go, Oh, that's a football player. Yeah, I, I, I favor Richmond in this game. I do, too. Uh, 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 again, with, with Saligan and Jackson and uh, who was the young man at linebacker? Denipole. Denipole. The senior that yeah. just showed up. You know, uh, and, and yeah, Emily, but I, I'm not calling it a pushover because right. I, Emily City, again, they open with a really good Duran team. Yes. Um, and it's in Emily City. And they have, the grass. they have some weapons, too, with Rojas. And so we'll, we'll see. But I, I, right now, if you're asking me, Richmond's the favorite going into this one. But, again, you, anything that involves Emily City messes with your world. So. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but the, some guy, you didn't even mention some of the big names. Uh, like Esselink and McKiernan are two nice, really nice players defensively. And, and McKiernan actually had a touchdown a reception in the game. Ben Hitzelberger plays on both sides of the ball. Yeah. And you know what kind of athlete he is. Hudson Davenport is the guy you look at the field and you're like, oh, that's a large human being. <laughs> Which, by the way, he's their punter, and he has a boot on him too. It's awesome. Um, all right, you wanted to run down the rest, the best of the rest, the GTC East, Mooney, where they're at, everything yeah, the, else. In the uh, GTC East, um, maybe the most interesting one. Well, Ubley doesn't play a league game this week. They play Laker. Normally, that's a game that everybody gets up for mm-hmm. um, in in the crossover. But Sandusky Marlette is probably the most interesting one because I know Har- uh, Harbor Beach lost and K-Pac won, but Harbor Beach is the favorite in that game until K-Pac beats them. Yep. Uh, and Brown City, Memphis, um, they both uh, are coming off uh, losses, but they are both competitive. But normally, Brown City is a little better than Memphis. Mm-hmm. So until Memphis beats them, I got to say Brown yep. City's the favorite there. But the Sandusky-Marlette game seems to be the most interesting. Yeah, I'd agree because I think it'll tell you where both teams are at. And, well, if Novell's had actually a really, really good team, maybe uh, Sandusky didn't lose as much as we thought they did. Well, I mean, t- 21 to, to 6. So, you know, they, they kept the, the score uh, within uh, reach. Marlette had the six turnovers, which if Sandusky's defense – can set up the offense with a short field. That's always 
uh, some, uh, uh, a way to uh, get uh, uh, an easy win. But Marlette airing it out, too. Sandusky doesn't face much of that. No. No, they don't. Uh, Nobody in that league faces much of that. No. So that's what's interesting about it. Yeah. And uh, Cardinal Mooney, they play Lutheran Northwest. If you're curious what they did week one, um, they beat Valley Lutheran 27 nothing. And Valley Lutheran is not a powerhouse. No. They have not had a winning season since 2012. So, and that's been their only winning season um, since ever. I've told you, in basketball, they used to play on a carpet. Yes, which is awesome. <laughs> yeah, Valley Lutheran has had one six-win season ever, and they've only gotten to four wins like five times. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I, I like Mooney in this one. They're coming off a very nice win at Parkway Christian. We thought it would be a tough game, and it ended up not really being that tough of a game for them. They won 28 nothing. Yeah, yeah, so maybe Mooney can get to 2-0 and uh, before a big showdown. Well, they play Liggett, which is a team you think they should beat. I mean, Liggett lost to Communication Media and Arts 34 nothing. Um, they could be 3-0 and going into that Shrine game. They really could. So... All right, you I want thought to do- Liggett won that game. No, Liggett lost to Media Arts 34-0. At least that's what our Michigan football site has. Um, so do you want to do our top let 10? Double, let me just really quick double-check that one and see what these guys say. Well, while you do that, do you want to do our top 10 to end this segment or to start the segment, start the third segment? Uh, it's up to you because uh, you, you've kept me in the dark here on the third segment with your. All right. Well, let's leave the third secret, segment secret things. for the, the issues. Um, let's go uh, with our top ten now. Once you double check, double check that. Yeah, I just want to real quick. Who was the who was the home team? Yeah, see, the MHSAA is saying Liggett won thirty-four to nothing. Oh well, the the Michigan football site, which is powered by the MHSAA has it the other way around, unless I read it wrong. I don't know. Either way, they should still I should I put it on our it. page as Liggett won the game, so because I took it from this side. Gotcha. <laughs> all right. Anyway, all right, let's go to our top ten, Dennis. All right, my top ten and your top ten. I don't know how uh, close we'll be, but I know mine is completely different from whatever my first one was. Yeah, let's start. Do you want me to start, or do you want to go first? Uh, well, I'll go at at number 10. They weren't in my poll. I think they made your poll. They didn't make my poll in, in week one, but after a 28 nothing win on the road at Parkway Christian, I put Mooney in at number 10. Um, I actually did not have Mooney in my original top 10. The They did not make the cut. They are knocking on the door. I'd like to see at least one more game. At number 10, I kept them in. St. Clair is slid all the way down to number 10. A little disheartened by their performance, but if they can right the ship against Lakeshore, I'll chalk it up to more. It's Marine City being Marine City than St. Clair being down again. All right. Number nine. Number nine. Uh, They were not in my poll in the first week. They're in now after a 42 nothing victory. I'm going to give North Branch their due and stick them in at number nine. And if they beat Cross Lex, they're going to shoot way up the list. Yeah. Well, I have a team that wasn't in my original poll that has since moved in at number nine. The Armada Tigers get a little bit of love. Um, you said they got a lot of size. I'm going to buy in to that a little bit. I think they have a chance to get another win this week. Armada goes to nine because of a very nice win. 
All right, my number eight, that's where PH slipped to. Ooh, wow. We have very differing opinions yep. Yep. on what happened there. No, I, I had them up. I, I think I had them up as high as number three. I think you, they were your three team. Uh, I'm going to make them prove it to me this week against Tower. I slid them down to eight. They, they were good for a half, and then something happened. And oh. I know Stony Creek is good. About 48 to 17, uh, I, I gave them a little bit of a kick this week. Yeah, you did. Hoping it will motivate yeah, them. Yeah, you did. Um, number eight, I have Ubley. Um, they beat USA. They're a really good team. I'm going to I'm gonna give them their due. Ubley's just a weird team. I don't know where to slot them. They're just, Basically, Ubley's going to move up as teams above them lose. So I don't expect them to lose. Ubley's at number eight for me. All right, my number seven is Armada. Ooh. After watching them uh, play, I was impressed with them this week. Are they going to stay at number seven? Are they even going to stay in my top ten? Time will tell. Mm. But at least after one week, um, it was a dominant performance in week one, so I'm going to slot them at seven. At number seven, that's where I put the port here on Northern Huskies. It's a nice win for them. Uh, I, I They think they are on the rise. But I and this week is it's kind of not fair because this week won't tell me a lot either. They could win a hundred to nothing, and I'll go. Yeah, that's probably what should happen. Um, but it's a very nice win. They have they're trending up more than all but maybe one team, and they can they can keep moving up because I think they are one of the two best teams maybe in the MAC. Although there were some other MAC blue teams that had some nice wins this past week. All right, actually, I think this team dropped a notch from my original poll, and they won, and they beat a good team. Ubley is at number six. I think I had them at number five. Yeah, you have them at number five or number four. Um, at number six, that's where I slotted the North Branch Broncos in at um, – they're a team that, you know, until they don't win, I'm not – I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt – I think a little bit of the the record that Furman has helps them a bit, and it's gonna and this week's gonna tell them a lot. If they beat Croslex, they're minimum top three. If they lose, they're gonna be struggling to stay in the poll, depending on what other teams do. So this is a big week for North Branch. They're slotted right in the middle. They're either gonna be way near the top or way near the bottom. I, I think I might have had Northern at like ten. I think you put them in at 10, yeah. Yeah, I, I put them at number five. Their defense is legit. They crushed Marysville. They made Marysville look bad. Mm. Uh, their their offense did way beyond what I was expecting. Uh, and right now, they're my number five. And, they, and like you said, they're going to win again this week, I think. Yeah. My number five, Anchor Bay, they, they won a, game, a, a big game. They have Dakota this week. I don't know what to make of the Tars. They play in a tough league. Let's see what they do against Dakota. They might be able to uh, to do well with even maybe a close loss. I got Richmond at number four. And part- <laughs> is that it? <laughs> well, I mean, okay, they rocked it. Yeah. How good is Clintondale? They. I'll tell you, they have. And I'm not saying. And I'm not right. trying to take away from Richmond's win. They did to that team. What they're supposed to do, um, Saligan and like uh, I believe Richmond is a really good team, mm. and to get in my top four, you have to be a really good team. 
Richmond's a really good team, but am I am I gonna buy stock in a win over Clintondale? I didn't buy. I didn't. I didn't put Northern any five, uh, any higher than five after a win over Marysville, and I didn't put North Branch any higher than nine after a win over Redford Thurston. Four seems about right for Richmond right now. Richmond is exactly where. Uh, you have them at number four in my poll, too. No, I'm not going to buy stock in the win over Clintondale itself, but I had the benefit of the eye test, and they passed the eye test to start. They fly around defensively, uh, talking to their coaches. They use that land shark mentality, and they're going to be an issue for quarterbacks and offenses around the BWAC. They are number four in my poll. Now, I'm not selling my stock in Crosslex, but they did drop to number three this week. Okay. Number three for me is where I kept Port Huron. They are in a situation where Stony Creek, I think, is a team where if anyone else plays them, they probably lose. I think Stony Creek's a really good team. Port Huron High, if they don't come out, and I don't say they have to beat up uh, Tower, but if they lose to Tower, they're way dropping in my poll, maybe even potentially out. But I'm not going to punish them for losing to a really good Stony Creek team yet. Now, it's kind of like a wait and see. Like, okay, I'm going to keep you here for now, but you're on thin ice with that win. But I'm not going to – I can't put like Richmond or North Branch or Anchor Bay above them because I think if they played Stony Creek – They'd all probably lose. Well, I'm not convinced Anchor Bay would. I'm impressed by their win at Pioneer. I know they got Dakota this week, so, you know, we'll see. But for now, uh, I'm going to slot Anchor Bay, who wasn't in my original poll, Mm -hmm. uh, and they should have been, but they weren't. I'm going to put them at number two right now until they lose a game. So take everything I just said about Port Huron and apply it to my number two team, Cross Lex. Um, Same thing. Williamston's a really good team. I Let's see what you do against North Branch because I have no clue how this game's going to go. I actually was kind of hoping Croslex would do to Williamston what Williamston did to them. Well, I made the argument with you too um, on Friday's podcast that if Croslex plays Clintondale and Richmond yeah. plays Williamston, my only thing with this was they did lose by 23 at mm-hmm. home. And so for that, I, I pushed them back. Again, Croslex loses. They are dropping hard. And then maybe we're going to have a little egg on our face how much we hype the team that potentially could be 0-2 to start. And then, yeah, number one, just get out the, the hammer and chisel. It's Marine City. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Take us to a break. And then I have a few issues, Dennis, that I, I want to bring up to you. Some of them are a little funnier. And some of them a little more serious, but we'll have a little grab bag to end the show today. Buying or selling a home? You need an experienced company standing ready to help you with all your real estate needs who is committed to making you the client number one. O'Connor Realty hung out its real estate sign in the city of Marysville almost 40 years ago to help the good people of this community buy and sell their homes. O'Connor Realty provides access to free, no-obligation home valuation reports prepared by a licensed realtor with no hidden fees. Located at 2801 Gratiot Boulevard, Marysville, give O'Connor Realty a call at 810-364-8700. For all your real estate needs, O'Connor Realty. Small enough to know you, large enough to serve you. Hi, Chip Mortimer here. So much depends on your roof. 
Mortimer Lumber proudly features the Landmark Series shingle from CertainTeed Roofing. Landmark shingles come in many colors to surely enhance the look of your home. Landmark shingles offer a limited lifetime warranty, so you can be assured your roof will last for generations to come. Stop by Mortimer Lumber at 24th and Lapeer in Port Huron. Our expert staff will be glad to help answer all of your questions. Mortimer Lumber has locations in Port Huron, Emily City, Sandusky, and Bad Axe. Neiman's Family Market, located in St. Clair, is family-owned and operated and involved in the community. Neiman's has created a shopping experience providing a variety of quality products, specialty items, with superior customer service. Whatever your grocery needs are, from meats, bulk food, bakery items, produce, or even floral, Neiman's Family Market has what you will need. Entertaining? Neiman's has a full deli, and they do party trays. Check out our new mobile website and see weekly specials, coupons, and recipes. Open 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. all week long. Visit at Neiman's Family Market in St. Clair. You'll be glad you did. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County has been serving the community for over 30 years. Located at 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, overhead doors are the premier choice for durability, serviceability, and hassle-free performance for commercial and industrial doors. Overhead doors boast a complete selection of performance and safety-tested commercial and industrial upward-acting doors and manufacture a wide array of styles to meet your needs. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County, 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, call 810 980 Hey guys, Brady Beaton here to let you know that TP Logos is now at their brand new location. Now located at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville, TP Logos has the largest in-stock selection of your team's spirit wear. While the location has changed, the service has not. They still will handle all of your custom screen printing and embroidery needs. Check out tplogos.com to see their vast selection of products, including Badger Sportswear, Nike, North Face, Richardson Hats, Carhartt, and more. Don't wait weeks for your gear. Get it in days with TP Logos. Having car trouble? Look no further than Marysville Goodyear. Located at 291 Range Road, Marysville Goodyear will take care of all your automotive needs. They know that just one visit to them will make you a customer for life. Whether it's a tune-up or tire rotation, consistency is the name of the game for the folks at Marysville Goodyear. Need tires? Marysville Goodyear is a certified dealer of Goodyear, Dunlop, and Kelly Tires, and they stock tires for cars, trucks, SUVs, and more. Give them a call today at 810-364-4700. Marysville Goodyear, where your satisfaction is our guarantee. We welcome you to make Port Huron Schools your district of choice. Your child will experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region at Port Huron Schools. We specialize in providing personalized success for all students because each Port Huron Schools journey is unique and special. This year, more than ever, we truly appreciate our families and would like to thank them for their continued support. Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, you're back. Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports podcast with Dennis and uh, Brady. Uh, and uh, Brady is going uh, to try to... Uh, Catch me off guard here? Well, or no, I don't know no. I just kind of wanted your honest reactions okay. to um, – I hate it. I love it. I hate it. All right. <laughs> I'll, I'll start with something that's a little um, more lighthearted. Dennis, are you aware what IMG Academy is in, in uh, Ohio? No. Or not in Ohio, in Florida. Basically, it's a prep school where a lot of the top recruits go to play like – 
everyone on their roster goes and plays college football. Like it's imagine it would be your worst nightmare. Imagine De La Salle, but you they just literally took like from around the country. Yeah, like they get everyone. So they're like one of the top high school teams in the country. Like they are the national champion last year of high school, and so they broadcasted a game um, versus a team from Ohio. Uh, I think on Sunday, and. It was on ESPN, and um, well, they played a team called Bishop Sycamore uh, that was told that's a well-regarded program with multiple D1 prospects. Have you ever heard of Bishop Sycamore High School? I, I have not heard of Bishop Sycamore. Well, High there's School. a good reason for that. Um, the game ended 58 to nothing because uh, ESPN didn't do their research. And basically, they were playing a chart online charter school, and they just said that they were really good, and they believed them and got on ESPN. <laughs> and they played the game on Sunday, and Bishop Sycamore had a game on Friday. <laughs> Is that safe for the kids? I don't especially know. going up against a program that's all right, all future college like I'm going to assume right, but high this, college players. Yes, this school lost. Or played on Friday and then just told ESPN, like, yeah, we're good. We're playing IMG Academy. Put us on TV. And they were on ESPN because they just lied about it. So who at ESPN has not got a job today because yeah. this happened? Because, you know, some somebody messed up. And, and, and let this let this happen, and that the the folks at ESPN are probably not happy right now. Yeah, there's probably lawsuits being written up against Sycamore. So yeah, Bishop Sycamore is an online only charter school. Dennis, their football program started last year, and nobody checked and this nobody out. Nobody researched it. it. No, and they made it on ESPN. And they only lost 58 to nothing. Actually, that's the impressive part about it. Because if IMG Academy is what I think it is, okay, yeah. it's basically a college team. Yes. Like, you, it, it would be like if Ohio State had a JV or a freshman Like, basically, team. yes. Like, coaches, like, every college coach in the country is trying to get in with IMG and, like, yeah. So that's They're like a minor league yes. college football team. Yes. So anyway. So to only to to be an online school that played on Friday and you only lost fifty eight to nothing, I'm actually more impressed by that than by anything I'm, else. I'm thinking they took the foot off the gas uh, pretty quickly. So that was just <laughs> that was something funny, and um, I guess I'll transition this into the second part. Um, so we just did our top ten. Uh, the Freep came out with their top 10. And some teams that, you know, you look at and you're not, um, like you expect Marine City's number nine in Division Five. Again, you don't know what it is. But there were two, um, I'll just put it this way. Well, one was surprising and one was downright shocking. Dennis, I know you saw there were two other teams in our area uh, put in the top 10. Do you know who those two teams were? I know so one of them one. is. Yes. So, in the free, Algonac 
was ranked number three in Division Six. Now listen, I hope Algonac is actually the third best team in Division Six. That would be a lot of fun for us, wouldn't it, Dad? Absolutely. However, I do not believe they are. I think they're a program that maybe is on the uptick. But if they made the playoffs, I think we'd be surprised. How the hell did they get to number three in the Detroit Free Press's Division Six rankings? Because the guy at ESPN that after he got <laughs> fired from uh, letting Sycamore on the took o- a job at the, the free. only <laughs> rankings Algonac would be number three in any poll in the state right now would be alphabetical order. Like, I really hope the Algonac Muskrats do well in football. And that, it's a nice win to start yes, the season. But it, they beat Warren Lincoln. And Warren Lincoln is a borderline playoff team at best. I just looked at that and went, whoa. But here's the other one. And that I, ki- I understand this one a little more, but it still surprised me. There was a team ranked higher in their respective division than Algonac was. Do you want to take a guess who it was? Oh, who who is it? North Branch was ranked number two in Division Four. Now, see, above I, teams like Country Day that beat them last year. I can see though where um, that can happen. I can too Be, because of you, you look at North Branch's scores from last season, and then you throw in a forty-two nothing win in Week One, and it's like okay, uh, because believe me. They don't know what North Branch graduated. Right. They don't know any of that stuff. They just know that North Branch stomped on everybody last year, and then they stomp on somebody in week one, so they just figure North Branch is North Branch. Right. That I can believe over just randomly saying Algonac is the third best team right. in D6. And like you said, I hope there's a lot about Algonac we don't know and that they are that good because that's great for our area. But, you know... But the here's the North thing. North Branch like, being there doesn't surprise North me as Could North Branch much. be one of the 10 best teams in Division Four? Yes, I think that is possible. To put them at two above teams that don't um, – that they lost to last year. And it's not like North Branch lost in the state finals. Don't get me wrong. A regional final run is great. But that – the cachet should not carry over no, like that. Like, I understand, yes, if they were, like, number seven, eight, like, near the bottom of it to fill it out, I completely understand that. I'm not going to go crazy. But number two, so right now you're saying if you had to pick North Branch as an odds-on favorite to make it to Ford Field, that's a little bit of a stretch, although they could go to Cross-Lex, Win and now we're like, yeah, they might be the second best team yeah. in Division. Well, I'm four. just, I'm just. This, this is Mick McCabe's poll, right? I believe. So th- yes. this is total speculation because I do not know. But I'm going to assume that uh, that Mick knows a lot about Country Day, that he talks to their coaches, mm-hmm. uh, and that uh, maybe Country Country Day he's got inside information. I don't know yes. that he's got inside information that Country Day is a little down this year. But again, the odds that he knows what's going on up in North Branch. He just assumes North Branch was super good last year. They crushed Thurston 42 to nothing. He might know something about Thurston, and he just said nothing's changed at North Branch. Yeah. Okay. Now let's move on and talk about a team that I know you don't like, 
Warren D. LaSalle. And this has to, I'm going to tie this in to how it's been something we've been talking about for a long time. I don't know if you saw, but they played uh, Chicago St. Patrick to start the season. Didn't look. Yeah, but again, a team from out of state. Um, they, they were supposed to play Denby week two. Denby just canceled their season, which is, a, is another issue that I don't know if we'll have time for this podcast, but something we can talk about. And in week three, they're supposed to play a, a school from Cincinnati called Doan. And here's where I'm going with this. What was the point of going to the strength of schedule format? Yeah, if teams are going to play teams from out of state, because right. how do you score that? How do you rate that? Well, what how they does do, the state look at these teams? They just take the classification and slot them in where they would be slotted in Michigan. But are the classifications in every state basically they, they, the same? They just take the enrollment. So wherever, if they have 1,000 kids, wherever 1,000 kids put you, that's where you're doing. Okay. But, my, but the thing is, isn't strength of schedule supposed to promote playing tougher teams you don't just schedule easy wins de la salle eh, they won't play a team from michigan till week four when they play brother rice that's an issue and if you look on twitter there were some people from de la salle basically saying this isn't working these these teams are not playing why does warren woods tower have to play zealand east why is Warren Woods Tower, the only team Zealand East can get on their schedule. Not that I don't like it, but that's a, what, a three-hour drive for an opening week football game, and it's not like Warren is strapped for football teams. I'm sure there's plenty they could get. Go back through their seasons. Last year, uh, De La Salle was supposed to play Chicago St. Patrick. Two years ago, uh, St. Thomas Aquinas in London, Ontario. Uh, they played them in 18 as well. In 2017, they played St. Thomas Aquinas and Erie uh, Cathedral Prep from Pennsylvania. 2016, they played a team from Mississauga in Windsor. Two teams from Windsor in 15. Three teams out of state in 2014, including to, to Toledo Catholic Central, uh, London, Clark Road, and um, St. Uh, Canadian Prep team. I don't know. I'm not reading that small print. Uh, the last year that De La Salle did not have to go out of state to play a game was 2011, and that's been the exception. They've played a team out of state every year since 2003 with that one exception. So my what I'm getting to with it is if the strength of schedule was supposed to benefit Warren De La Salle, this was supposed to be a team reaping the benefits of this change, and they don't like it. How much longer does this have to last if you have a big voice in football already voicing displeasure because they cannot get anybody week two to play them? Yeah, and here's the thing, though. So how does it help De La Salle? Like you said, plenty of Warren schools. Warren Woods Towers, De La Salle's D2. Yeah. Warren Woods Towers, D2. Um, what Cousin, Cousin, o. Cousin O is D2. Mott's D1 or D2. So uh, other than Mott, who's going to give them a game? Right. Like it, right now, uh, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, to to get on a bus and drive from De La Salle to Cousineau takes five minutes. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're literally like a mile apart from each other. De La, De La Salle's at Shaner, Cousineau's at Hoover. Mm-hmm. And you just go down Common Road, and bang, you're there. Um, but 
it would be a wasted five-minute trip for either school going in either direction because De La Salle's going to win that game 85 to nothing in the first half. But I guess the thing is, like, you're not supposed to be afraid of playing tougher schools. So why is there not a Dakota, uh, an Oak Park, a school that's, that's supposed to be really good stepping in to fill these spots? I, I get that, but it's not like De La Salle is the best team out of every single team in the state. No, but I mean, like for, there for are, the teams around them, they, they already poach all those schools' good players. Why are they what, not? What's the incentive for, for Cousin O to but where play I'm going with this. a team on their own level? I mean, Cousin O just lost to Fitzgerald 64-6, to and Fitz is in D2. But where I'm going with this is who is this system benefiting if now the big boys are struggling to yeah. schedule teams? I mean, See, I have respect si- for this. Brother Rice and Dakota played each other in week yeah. one. St. Mary's has to go play, has to play Hudsonville. Like, you have these teams traveling across the straight, across the straight, and St. Mary's has to go play a team from Menor in Week 8, and they don't even have a Week 9 game. Like, Brother Rice. Now, that might be open for Catholic League playoffs or something. And Brother Rice has a Week 9 game scheduled, uh, and they have to go to Ill- – they have to play a team from Illinois. Like, what's the point? Detroit Catholic Central has two out-of-state teams. Uh, on their schedule. So it's not just a De La Salle issue. I, I just don't really understand it. Like, who is this going to benefit then if they still can't get teams on their schedule? And how long is it going to last is where I was going with that. Yeah. But All right. Um, anything else before we wrap up this podcast? I'd like to see you go out with a smile and a happy note. I don't know. I so thought- tell people you get to see – a really exciting game on, uh, is it Friday that you're at uh, Croslex? Yep, on Friday Cross-Lex, I'm up at Croslex, North Branch. The day before, I'm out at MLA City for Richmond and MLA City. So you're going to see two big games in the BWAC this week. Yes, we'll see if Richmond can continue what they were doing. And we'll, I I mean, and North Branch, Croslex, that's a prize fight. I don't yeah. care Croslex lost week one. That is going to be a brawl. I I'm going to guess there's going to be a couple personal foul penalties for maybe celebration. Yeah, it might be or against taunting. the two coaches. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, all right, that's it. And then you see two port here on high games. But we'll I, have I, a- I see the big reds and see if they can bounce uh, back and see if I gave them enough bull- uh, bulletin board material hmm. this week that they come out flying for me. Uh, and then I'm expecting to see uh, Northern uh, continue – uh, from where they left off uh, with an almost perfect performance in week one. All right. Well, that'll wrap it up. We'll have our picks next show, uh, and we'll go game by game, preview everything. So it'll be a good one. Be back on Wednesday. From Port Huron to Marysville and St. Clair to Marine City, the Blue Water Area is Stuck on Sports.